Hello, friends, and welcome to Men Do Disney, episode number 71, Extra Magic. My name is Pete, and joining me tonight are Matt. What's up, everybody? And Tom. How's everybody doing? We're three guys who want to help you make the most of your Disney World vacation, as well as to bring some of that Disney magic into your life every day. So put on your favorite pair of Mickey ears, lower your safety harness, remain seated until the ride has come to a complete stop, and men, let's do Disney. What's up, Pete? What's up? Man, just uh, living the dream. Living the dream. What's new with you guys? I'm good. I'm good. What about you, Tom? Doing well. Doing very well. well tonight, we're going to go through some of our favorite things to do that are a little bit non-traditional at Disney. These can be anything from events to outside things. Going to be pretty free, pretty loose with this. Before we get into it, let's go, as always, to Tom with the news. Tom, what's on tap for this week? Not a lot of news, honestly. Yeah, I mean, no other way to put it. Not a ton of news. We can uh, we can start in Magic Kingdom though. Uh, track construction to begin on Tron roller coaster, uh, according to some permits that have recently been filed. Again, this is an attraction we've been tracking for quite some time since it was announced that it would be coming to Walt Disney World. It is the Tron roller coaster, the Tron Light Cycle power run that you uh, could have ridden or seen at Shanghai Disneyland uh, and construction's been happening backstage since about 2017 uh, so it looks like uh, as I alluded to the recently filed permits and paperwork um, have Disney's long-term construction partner Coastal Steel Incorporated installing the ride steel over the next few months at the Magic Kingdom which is really exciting news we do not have an official opening date for the attraction with Star Wars Galaxy's Edge opening this year at Disney Hollywood Studios, and then Guardians of the Galaxy rumored to be opening next year at Epcot. So it kind of seems like this one could go into 2021 just in time for Disney's 50th anniversary of the Magic Kingdom. Uh, that's would be my assumption. Yeah, but regardless, exciting news that the track uh, construction is beginning on the Tron roller coaster because from the videos that I've seen, this is going to be a heck of an attraction and it'll really boost Magic Kingdom's thrill rides. Staying in Magic Kingdom, the guest experience team that we've mentioned, they were down, they were there during the holidays. It's Disney cast members that are throughout the park to enhance the guest experience by helping them with really whatever they need. Oftentimes it is the My Disney Experience app. Uh, but this group will be sticking around through the spring. Again, they are all throughout the Magic Kingdom, like on Main Street USA, they're at the Castle Hub. Tomorrowland, you can find them near Stitches, where Stitch's Great Escape was. Fantasyland, they are along the castle wall near the Enchanted Tales with Belle. Frontierland, they are across from Pecos Bills, and I did see them on our last trip. And then Adventureland, they are near the Jungle Skipper Canteen. Like I said, they're there to help you with you know any booking, recovering, modifying, fast passes, navigating the app, magic bands. They're kind of there on the technology front for Disney. And of course, while that's their specialty, if you need something else, they can help you there too. Uh, you can find them in special cast member blue shirts. They kind of stick out uh, in the areas that they're supposed to be. And as I mentioned, they're going to be there uh, until the end of spring as of now. Moving to some general news. Uh, the first one is definitely a big piece of news that Pete and I had talked about earlier uh, in the week. Disney's Fix the Fast Pass Plus Early Booking Window loophole. Uh, so to give you guys some background on what that was, guests were staying or booking to stay on property at the Walt Disney World to enjoy the extended fast pass window. However, they did begin, uh, guests began rather, taking advantage of this by 
reserving rooms, making reservations, and then canceling the reservations while keeping the FastPass Plus. But beginning this week, FastPass Plus reservations created with a then-canceled resort reservation will be removed, fixing a long-standing loophole. And to hit on this a little deeper, on, on our trip, I actually looked at canceling the Disney Springs area resort that I had and linking up with, with Pete where he was staying at the DVC resort. We didn't do it because we were fearful that we could get caught in this mess and we would lose the previously scheduled fast passes. But I guess we wouldn't have, Pete. We just would have been a part of the loophole then. Yeah, and I actually had this. I was worried about this. We were initially going to stay at Port Orleans and ended up canceling that reservation and booking a DVC reservation. So I don't really know if this is going to cancel your fast passes if there is another Disney resort to attach those fast passes to. But but certainly something you're going to have to call Disney, to, you know, if you do end up switching hotels, something like that to make sure that your fast pass reservations don't get canceled. Otherwise, you're just going to have to be really sure about where you're staying before you book. Now, in your situation, I feel like Disney should and would have worked with you because you were going from a Disney property to a Disney property. You weren't, you certainly weren't trying to exploit any loophole that Disney had out there, but you're right. I mean, I, I do think in the future, if you really want to stay at Contemporary, but you couldn't get a reservation and then something pops up, call Disney and see if they can work with you. Maybe you're out of Port Orleans and Contemporary is your dream hotel and you've saved up for it and see if they can transfer you, but do not cancel expecting your fast passes not to go right there with the reservation. Staying with some general news here, uh, Beaches and Cream to close later this year for a lengthy refurbishment. Beaches and Cream is a restaurant located at the Disney's Yacht and Beach Club Resort. It'll be closing in August for a lengthy refurbishment and tentatively reopening in December of 2019. So that's, that's quite a long refurbishment for a restaurant. There will be a temporary location at the Yacht and Beach Club offering ice cream, but they will not have the famous kitchen sink that so many people go to this restaurant to enjoy. During the closure, looks like the interior of the restaurant will be remodeled, but the theme should remain the same. So this is always good. I mean, this, this is kind of what we've hit on the last two podcasts. Disney's sinking money back into their parks and the restaurants, and nothing wrong with a, re, a remodeling inside of a restaurant that, that probably needs and gets a lot, of, a lot of traffic and a lot of kids and families going through there. And our last bit of news, reservations are now available for Disney's Riviera Resort. Uh, Disney's Riviera Resort will be opening this December. It'll become the 15th DVC property, and it'll feature approximately 300 guests, including deluxe studios, one- and two-bedroom villas, and grand villas that sleep up to 12 people, I believe. So those uh, rooms will, although some of the rooms are pretty small, if you'd like to make a a reservation, you can at Disney's newest property now. Uh, Bookings are live as of this week. I have a little tidbit that I saw on this, one of their smaller rooms, I guess, here. I believe they actually call it the Deluxe Studio, but don't quote me on that. It is a, you look at the, the pictures, and you it sleeps two people. It's a pull-out couch, and they're 300-ish dollars, and 300-ish points, maybe dollars. I, I can't remember the exact value on them, but it was a very modern-looking room, and I actually thought they were missing photos because I only saw the couch in like the living area, but that, that's the room. The couch pulls out into a mattress, a pull-out bed. And uh, you kind of can sleep two people there. And you mark my words, people will fill, will fill that up. Well, they, this is a first for Disney. This is the first time they've ever offered a room specifically designed for two people. Yeah, interesting. Uh, it, it's just interesting. And, you know, of course, there's been mixed reviews online. But with everything, there's going to be people, people who love it and people who can't stand it. So, I, you know, I wouldn't read too much into that. But that's it for the news. Like I said, short news week, uh, just some Magic Kingdom stuff and some general resort news. 
I'm sure uh, we'll have some more stuff for you in the in the coming weeks. I've got a couple other things. One, they started construction on a new hotel right around Swan and Dolphin called The Cove. Not sure when, when the opening date for that is or what the plan is, but uh, but there are construction walls up now, so they have started construction on that. And then they've also started to do some work on the paths kind of along Grand Avenue on the way to uh, Galaxy's Edge at Hollywood Studios. You know, we talked last week about how tight this area is and how difficult it's going to be to get people in and out of here. So it looks like they've got a plan to widen this and the uh, speeder bike is gone. You can't take pictures with the speeder bike anymore. So they're they're widening that whole area now. But yeah, nothing nothing major this week. Hopefully we'll get some new news on Galaxy's Edge potential opening date here in the coming weeks because uh, we're getting pretty close. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's exciting. I absolutely, and if you're a listener and you and you went into some of the spoilers, I hope you enjoyed them because it is going to be highly anticipated and it's going to be crazy to get in there. I guess the last bit of news is my wife and I ended up pulling the trigger on some manual passes. Not sure when we're going to activate them, but um, we will certainly do it strategically so we can enjoy Galaxy's Edge multiple times. All right. Well, with that, let's pause for just a minute to hear from our sponsors. Destinations with Character Travel Agency is your one-stop shop for Disney vacations, cruises, and more. With clients ranging from the magic makers of Hollywood to the business executives of New York to families from all over the U.S., people trust the travel consultants of Destinations with Character to make their magical dreams a reality with the patience, care, and attention to detail they deserve. With over 50 years of experience in Disney and worldwide travel, are over 30 travel consultants trained to give the best prices and service possible. Destinations with Character has the tools to make the difference for you. Find out how to take the stress and hassle out of your vacation. Simply contact them to let the magic begin. Destinations with Character Travel, making dream vacations come true every single day. Visit their website at www.destinationswithcharacter.com or email them at info at destinationswithcharacter.com. And be sure to tell them that the Mendu WDW podcast sent you. So your family is coming to Orlando. And the thought of lugging your stroller onto the plane isn't your idea of fun. But you're smart enough to know that conquering the theme parks of Orlando without a stroller for your kids could be a vacation killer. As parents ourselves, we get it. You're not asking for much. You just want the convenience of a clean, affordable stroller or crib delivered to your hotel or vacation home, ready to use. Welcome to Kingdom Strollers, a Disney-featured stroller and crib provider that does exactly what you're looking for at a great price. To book your stroller or crib, just click on the item you'd like to reserve and select the dates for your rental. We run a tight ship, so we will never overbook. Next, tell us where you're staying and choose the times for delivery and pickup. Then, choose from helpful free accessories like cooler bags and rain covers. It couldn't be easier. If you have any questions or concerns, you can check our FAQ page or just give us a call. We are always ready to answer your questions. Once you've placed your reservation, there's nothing left to do except count down the days until you're in sunny Florida. So what are you waiting for? Go ahead and book your stroller or crib from Kingdom Strollers today. Okay, well let's get started. Uh, Topic tonight again, we're going to be talking about outside experiences. This is going to be pretty wide ranging. It's going to be a lot of things. I think we all had some pretty different ideas of, I talk a lot about, wanting to take some time to enjoy Disney World rather than running from Fast Pass to Fast Pass. So these are some of the things that uh, maybe we've done, maybe we haven't done, maybe we'd like to do that we thought we'd share. Tom, you want to get started? 
Yeah, so as Pete mentioned, these are things that aren't necessarily, they don't have to be found in the park. Uh, this is, and I think all of my lists stays out of the parks. Yeah. So these, like he said, these are things we'd like to enjoy at Disney World. And I'll go ahead and kick it off. And it's something that I've done. I did it on our last trip. I recommend anyone with kids, uh, really anyone. I mean, this is a an opportunity for someone to go have fun in virtual reality. And it's the void at Disney Springs. It costs about $29.99 a person plus tax. That gets you, it's about an hour from start to finish. You know, you, there are some waits and there are some not super exciting parts of it, but uh, you have a reservation and uh, gets you about an hour. So the first one is Star Wars Secrets of the Empire. That's the one we did on our last trip and, and have given you rave reviews on. And then the second one is Ralph Breaks VR. As you can imagine, that's Wreck-It Ralph probably going through and wrecking things. Now, we have not been fortunate enough to do this one. I toyed with doing it on our last trip, but did not pull the trigger. The location for the void is at Disney Springs. Very easy to find. If you can't find it, there's map. there are maps there. You have a map on the app, and there's cast members available to point you in the right direction. But if you're trying to get out of the parks and you're looking for something unique and different that you can't find many places, the void at Disney Springs definitely fits the billing. And I can only imagine me being a, a kid and you give me you know a gun in, uh, in Star Wars, Secrets of the Empire, in virtual reality. You say it's easy to find, but uh, I think we had a little bit of a challenge finding it when we were down there on our trip. You know what? It's, it was cold, and we got twist turned around. Where, with our, where our, We thought it was somewhere different, basically. And we met where we thought it was, and then we were sitting there. After, after hanging out at this restaurant, we realized, oh, we're not in the right place, and had to get our to-go drinks and go. <laughs> And, and I have this on my list as well. I think we talked a decent amount about it on, on our last uh, last couple of episodes. This was a really good experience. I think it's priced right for the length. I'd like to do Ralph Breaks VR having done Star Wars, but you know, I'm not saying that I wouldn't go back and do the uh, Star Wars Secrets of the Empire again because it, it was really good. And I think I would enjoy it a lot more having gone through it once before. I think that's a good point. I don't believe, at least Star Wars, it's not a one time you walk in You've done it, check, never do it again. Because there's so many details that, you know, Pete and his group probably missed and the group I was in probably missed. And I've heard the same thing for Ralph Breaks VR. I know some folks who have gone through it, absolutely loved it, want to do it again because they, they were so enamored with the entire virtual reality process that they, they probably didn't get all the details. So it is, and, and to Pete's point, it is really fairly priced. I don't think anyone in our group walked away thinking, oh, we got ripped off. And I'll tell you, our group of six it's not like every single person was fired up to do this. You know, there were three or four that were really excited and then a couple that were like, oh, well, if the group's doing it, we'll do it. And everyone walked away wild by it. And they do have very late reservations available. So it's not like you have to really take any time out of the parks to go and do this. I think we did ours at 1040 at night. Yeah, it was night. either 1015 or 1045. It was one of the two. And if I had been on y'all's trip, this is something I definitely would have said, hey, let's go do it. Um, so I'll go next. Um, one of the big ones that I have here, and I wasn't aware of this until recently, but you can have lunch with an Imagineer at the Brown Derby. And I also heard you can do this at another place in, on select evenings. And it's up to 10 people can have dinner with an Imagineer. You can pick their brain, talk about things that are on your mind, but also ask them what their day-to-day -day life is like at work. And um, it's only $60. For me, this is now quickly rising to the top of my bucket list at Disney World. For $60 to pick, them, pick the brain of an Imagineer, that sounds awesome. Yeah, I think this is definitely worth it. 
I think it'd be really enlightening to have lunch with a, with an Imagineer. Just to, you know, obviously these Imagineers don't work on every ride. So maybe you get a dud that worked on Under the Sea. But I still think it'd be fun to uh, to pick their brains and, and yeah, see, uh, see what it's like to work for the mouse. You know, and, and if you have anyone in your family that has interest in becoming an Imagineer, I mean, to Matt and Pete's point, you can ask them anything. It doesn't have to be about what rides have, have you, you know, predominantly worked with or how long have you worked at Disney? It can be, hey, how did you become an Imagineer? What route did you take? So I think this, I agree with them. I think this is, it's valued well. Brown Derby is a nice place to have lunch and the restaurants that Pete mentioned for dinner also are good selections as well. I, In my opinion, it would be more fun if you had 10 people you knew so you as a group could get the questions you wanted because you do run the risk if, if you don't, say you're going solo or just with the, you know, you and another Disney's going to work to fill the other eight spots, and you may have someone who is bullish and wants to ask every question they take all the time. None of us have done this, so I can't, you know, we can't offer you any personal experience with it. But in theory, this is a great idea and something that seems well worth it. And if any of you have ever done it, please let us know. I'll double up here and go to my next one as we move along. And my next one is Learn to Surf at Typhoon Lagoon. Um, This is $165 per person. They say you get to learn to surf like a pro. I mean, I've grown up in a coastal state. I've just never been someone that, you know, took to surfing. But, you know, to mix it up at, at Walt Disney World, do something you've never done at Walt Disney, even if you don't learn to surf that day, I think this would be a memorable experience. And just being in the wave pool with, you know, maybe 10 to 15 other people, or maybe even less, alternating, trying to, trying to surf a wave and learning together, I think it would be a lot of fun. And just the water parks in general are a lot of fun. I mean, if you're there when the water parks are open, I highly recommend you go to both. I'm big on the, I think the learning how to surf experience is neat. I've watched videos on it online. I will tell you sometimes you're better than others. If you really want to learn how to surf, having less in your party is better because you're going to get more runs at it. And as you progress through your, uh, I guess, surfing ability, they'll you know give you a surfboard that caters to what skill level you're at now. Uh, and I, I've seen, you know, videos of folks who have gone in fairly cold turkey and walked away because they got so many runs, you know, having great, great surfing experiences. So this one, it, it's a little on the pricey side, but I would say it's worth it because you do get, there's a breakfast included with it. You get the surfing lessons, you get a ton of time in the wave pool, and Disney's there to help at any skill level you are. I guess I'll go ahead with my second one now. We'll stay with the coastal, I guess, feel here. And I'm going to go with the guided fishing excursions uh, at Disney World. I don't want you to get confused. There's also dockside fishing. I've done, I think I've done that as a, as a young child, but I think the guided fishing excursions are the way to go. Uh, it's about $270 plus tax, and that would be for up to five people. That gets you everything you can think of. I mean, the gear, bait, gas, guide. Do not have to have a fishing license. There are non-alcoholic drinks and snacks included. And, of course, that gets you the boat. Pretty much any area or resort that's near Bay Lake or Seven Seas Lagoon is an area you can go and get on the pontoon. Disney has this area stockpiled with bass. You are going to catch so many fish. I've watched tons of videos on it. It is, if you are a diehard fisherman who enjoys the chase, this is not for you because it's ridiculous how quickly the bass, I mean, they're trained. I mean, and of course it's, catch and release so these fish are coming back the next day for for more 
you can catch huge fish. You can get great pictures. If there's someone in your family who's not great at fishing or you're trying to get them hooked on fishing, this is the place to take them because they're going to think it's awesome. Uh, it is four hours, if I did not mention that. Uh, I believe there are some op- opportunities to get longer tours, but four hours will be enough. Uh, you'll catch 30 fish and, and be happy. I'll tell you that you know, Pete mentioned the void being something you don't have to leave the parks for. The guided fishing excursion is something you're going to have to. There's not night fishing. It's something that's done during the day. So I would recommend if you have, you know, a, a maybe maybe you have, do one day where you don't go to the park, you just have a dining reservation and you go fishing that day and then go, go relax at the resort or something in the afternoon. But this is something that, especially now that we're going to embark on an annual pass journey for one year, that we might try because there is annual pass discounts that you can get with this. And hopefully we're going to Disney so often that we can afford some days out of the park, but we'll see. Now, do they clean everything for you or what's the deal with that? There's no, it's all catch and release. So they're not, they'll take the fish off for you. They'll bait your line. They'll do everything that your fishing guide would do, except clean the bass at the end. Of course, Disney's, Disney's going to put them right back in. They'll, they'll get, get them out for a photo with you. And I'm, I'm not kidding. I mean, I, I'm an, I, I love to fish. Uh, some days more successful than others, but there are some huge bass in these lakes. I'm glad that you didn't try to push this on our trip. I'm not a huge fishing guy. I, I can see the appeal, but to me, if you're going to go fishing, I, you know, to me, this isn't the place for it. So, and, and here, so I would, I probably wouldn't have pushed it on our trip, especially with some of the other guys there, because it, it, it really is not going to feel as rewarding as it does when you're on a lake doing it yourself and you, you hook onto a big one. Because it is designed for guest satisfaction. So it, it almost, I've watched videos of people who have never been bass fishing and it pains me to, to see how easy they think it is. But that's not, but it's not designed for someone to go out there and win a, a you know, a bass fishing tournament. It's designed for a family to have fun, catch fish, create memories and have photos. So, uh, and there's not a photo pass person on the, on the boat. Just an FYI, I, I said photos and I don't know if that kind of thought popped up in my head. But that's that's something on my list that if you if you want to get out of the parks that is there and it it is rave reviews there as well. All right, so my next one, if we're going pie in the sky here, is to eat at the chef's table at Victorian Albert. Victorian Albert obviously is a five diamond restaurant at the Grand Floridian. This is famously hard to get uh, reservations for, and the reason for that is that there is only one seating at this table a night. Now, you, you can have up to 10 people dining on your reservation. Uh, I've, I've heard that between four and six is kind of the sweet spot. That's really what you what you want to have. This is not cheap. This is a 14 or 15 course meal. It takes five hours and it's about $250 a person, not including drinks or gratuity. Uh, if you get a wine pairing, I think it's another 120 or $130 a person for that. So it's expensive. But again, this this is kind of a once in a lifetime experience. It's a chance to you know see all your meal getting prepared by the chef because you're legitimately in the kitchen watching them prepare your food. It's a personalized meal for you. The service is impeccable. So it would just be a once in a lifetime experience. And I would imagine you'd have to. I would imagine you have to dress up kind of nice for this feat. You do. Victorian Alberts in general has a dress code, so you do have to wear a jacket. Uh, to to eat there in general. Actually, funnily enough, the the chef's table I've heard is a, a lot more laid back and a lot more casual than eating inside the restaurant itself. So we have we all three have a mutual friend who has eaten at Victoria and Alberts 
I was actually with him this past weekend, and he said his experience, I think, ended up running them close to $1,000 after it was all said and done. Which I don't really understand because it's only, it's 150 bucks a person for a seven course meal and then 60 bucks a person for a wine pairing. I, I, I've heard it can be as high as like $150 per person for a wine pairing. I'm not sure. So they, they had a wine pairing that was actually purchased by a friend who, it, and again, they got engaged. It was a big deal. I mean, it was, so I think they went on the highest end of a wine pairing and they, uh, he raved about it. I mean, he said the service was ridiculous. The food was incredible. He highly recommends doing it, even though he said it was tough to stomach spending that money. Now, of course, I mean, I don't have the budget for this. And so I, I, it's not something that I'm dying to do right at this stage in my life. But it is, uh, it, it was, he had rave reviews. So, Pete, with a pot, if we're just saying five things you want to do, I can't blame you for throwing this on your list. Oh, it sounds amazing. And I mean, keep in mind, you know, our mutual friend, you know, this wasn't like straight out of college, newlyweds or, you know, celebrating you know, getting engaged. They're, they're a little bit older and a little bit more mature, and they definitely would have enjoyed this much more than I would have at, say, 23, 24 years old. I'll go ahead and go next, and I think this one fits perfectly here, because I think sometimes at Disney World, you just need a resort day. And when I say take a resort day, I mean take a day where you have no rush to, you know, even get to the parks, but you're hanging out at the pool, you're hanging out at the restaurant, you're sleeping in, you know, if you're staying at a resort that has a spa, you know, go get a spa day. If you're going to stay for five, six, seven days, break up your trip. Maybe halfway through with a little spa day, a little day at the resort, a little day of relaxation. And I know that this isn't something that we're very good at doing, but I can say that I've always enjoyed, you know, spending some time at the resort. I can see the appeal of it. I can certainly see the appeal of it staying at, you know, a Grand Floridian or a Polynesian spending a day in the resort. Be a little bit harder for me to stomach doing this at an All Star or a, or a Pop Century. No, of course not. This is this is this is not for All Star. Like I said, if you have a spa, you have some extra amenities, extra features at your resort. That's where I'd recommend doing this. I, I wish I could enjoy this, and I wish I could say, yeah, I want to do this because I kind of do. Because there's, you know, having gone to Polynesian for a couple of hours, hung out at Trader Sam's, eaten at Ohana. Like, there's a lot of cool stuff to do at these resorts, but I just, I don't know, I can't get it through my head that it's okay to do that. So I'm in the same boat, Pete. I I know, because of how tired I am at the end of a Disney vacation, that it would have been nice to sleep in one day and do a whole bunch of nothing. My wife has recommended, hey, let's go on a five-day trip only by four, you know, prior to the annual pass, only by four days of tickets, and then we take a day in the middle to do whatever you want to do, whether that's... She wants to do a spa day, or, or we go to Disney Springs and shop, or we sit around at the resort. I know as children, I, I've done this with my family. Now, we were on, you know, seven-day vacations, so you could easily justify it. But I'm with you. It's hard to do, but in theory, it sounds like it would be so nice. But I know me, the second I get in that Orlando area, I'm itching to walk into a park somewhere. And that's where the big issue comes in. But I agree. I mean, five things you need to do outside of the park especially, have a resort day, recharge your recharge your batteries. Because, Pete, you're right. I mean, I was jealous. I mean, I was. you can remember, I was sitting by Space Mountain torn with my decision. Do I go to Polynesian with you guys? Or do I go back to my room, ch- you know, shower, change, kind of get ready for dinner? And both of them had pros and cons. But I, I would have had a blast doing this, do, hanging out with you and, and uh, our buddy at Polynesian. And I think one step further, kind of what Tom's talking about here, like Pete said, if you're staying at All-Star Sports, you're not going to want to have a resort day where you stay at All-Star Sports. 
but you can easily get to the Grand Floridian or the Polynesian or the Contemporary and still have an amazing day enjoying everything that resort has to offer from a spa standpoint with reservations and just, you know, doing that kind of thing for half the price of what a resort day would cost you if you were staying at the Contemporary or the Polynesian. Well, stay, staying with the theme of kind of relaxing, I'm going to take my next one at, at mini golf at Fantasia Gardens in Disney World. Oftentimes, there are packages that you will purchase at Disney World. You probably won't even realize it, but they will have this included in them. Uh, they will have passes where you can go play for free. If you don't have that pass, it's $14 for adults and $12 for children. Uh, I always remind you, ages 3 to 9 for children at Disney World. The location is Fantasia's Gardens, and it's on Disney property. There are two 18-hole putt-putt courses, and you can walk up and play. It's not something where you need a reservation. It'll be, you know, if we grew up, as Matt alluded to earlier, in a coastal region. So putt-putt is something that we've seen all the time, all over the place. But if you live somewhere where there's not putt-putt, this is a very inexpensive thing you can do at Disney World. It is extremely well-themed. It is putt-putt, but it's something really laid back that you can kind of take your time doing. It's family friendly. There's going to be kids out there and it's a different pace. I mean, you're not in the parks, you're not spending, you're not breaking the bank to do it. There aren't many things that are add-ons that are ultra cheap at Disney world. This is one of them. If mini golf is not your, your deal, there is a foot golf that I have not done. I've seen videos of it at Disney world. And there's also, you know, legitimate golf courses. If uh, you're, uh, you know, an adult or someone who's interested in playing golf, Golf courses are in fantastic shape. You're in the state of Florida, so you're going to see you're going to see good golf. And and again, that would require a tee time reservation uh, for foot golf and for you know playing legitimate golf. But mini golf, something laid back. If you have a day to chill, you can decide on a whim to go, uh, and you can get over there. It's it's very close to um, Typhoon Lagoon. It's right by the Swan and Dolphin. And you know, combining kind of what I just talked about with the resort day and going to the pools, doing the spa, hanging out, and then also doing mini putt like Thomas is talking about with you know, the later portion of your day, that's really easy to do, I think. And, you know, realistically, like, like Thomas said, growing up near the coastal area and especially somewhere, someplace like Myrtle beach or, you know, Holden beach or something like that, where, you know, there's a lot of putt putt courses. This is actually pretty fairly priced. I feel like, you know, I don't feel like we're really going there and breaking the bank for a family of four to play putt putt where it's, you know, $20 a person, which would be different than, you know, on your family vacation at the beach. So this is something that's different and not what you do on a normal Disney trip, but it's not something that's going to break the bank as opposed to the whole family, you know, going to the spa for the day. So next thing I want to talk about, this is something that I have seen before, and we're going back into the parks for this. Although you, I don't think you have to have park admission to do this. And that is Epcot Dive Quest. Now, in order to do this, you do have to be scuba certified. Disney supplies all the equipment to do this. It's a about $180 a person. And I think it lasts about three hours. I think you're in the tank like 45 minutes or something like that. But you actually get to go dive in the seas. Uh, it's still the living seas. It's not the seas with Nemo and friends uh, in in their uh, in their big tank while your family and friends wave at you and bang on the glass and, and watch you. I don't know why. I can remember dry, uh, snorkeling at, I guess that was Typhoon Lagoon, right? Yeah, yeah, but it wasn't like full full snorkeling. It was more kind of surface snorkeling. Yeah, and I didn't realize this, and I have never been able to confirm this, but evidently the sharks were still like with a glass enclosure where you really couldn't get too close to them. But you were still swimming, and you could you know, interact with other fish. Do you know about that, Tom? I'm pretty sure that's been debunked, but 
I think I think we heard that to uh, encourage us to do it, even though I absolutely hated my experience on it. Yeah, I don't I don't think there was any any glass. I, obviously, these sharks are. I never thought so, but you know, everyone kept telling me, you know, oh, you didn't really swim with sharks. They were they were under a glass you know glass barrier, and, and they were nurse sharks and lemon sharks, so it wasn't like a big deal. But again, this is similar, other than you are actually down in the tank with everything at, of course, the living seas, not the seas with Nemo and friends. I'm with you. This would be an incredible experience. If you have not figured out by now, I'm not huge on getting anywhere near sharks. So this is not something for me. Uh, I mean, even my honeymoon where we could do, I mean, everything was all inclusive paid for. I I stayed on on a boat and did not go real deep with the snorkeling excursions. But it's something that I've seen people do. And I'm always jealous at the time. Like when I'm when I'm in the you know the the living seas with Nemo and friends, and I see someone doing it, I'm like, man, that looks awesome. But then I realize, yeah, I would never do that. So if you have uh, more courage than I do when it comes to marine life, this is for you. Well, I'll go ahead and take the next one here, and this is hold your hold your breath, guys, and don't drive off the road if you listen to us while you drive. This is a free experience at Disney World, so I know that you don't hear that often. This would be going to Disney Springs. Uh, more specifically, going to the World of Disney or the Lego store. So for me, the World of Disney has always been a stop I have to make. I, I've been on Disney trips where I went to Disney Springs and never made it over there, and it was devastating. And then as a kid, the Lego store, uh, even as an adult, Lego store is incredible to walk by because of the stuff they have outside of it, especially some of the Star Wars stuff they've put out. But kids love it. I've seen this place where there's a line to get in. The checkout line's crazy. You will find all kinds of uh, Lego configurations there. And if you're a Disney fan, the world of Disney, now that they've kind of remodeled it and they're continuing to reopen it, it it's your place. And it can be free. You know, that's what I, you can go in for free. You can browse for free. It's tough to keep it free because I always walk out of something from the world of Disney. And I can imagine most families with children walk out of something from the Lego store. But you can browse. It's a good place if. If, say, you get into Disney a night early and you want to knock out the souvenirs for maybe some of your family or friends or for yourself, World of Disney is a great place to do that. Or you can do it at the tail end of your trip, and they're going to have almost everything you could find throughout the parks and resorts. You're not going to get out of World of Disney for free. Come on. That's why I said it's it's potentially free. It's a free experience to walk in and browse. It does not guarantee that you walk out of there scotch-free, though. It's so much easier for me to shop it at World of Disney than it is to try to find what I'm looking for at the theme parks. Yeah, I, I totally I, agree. I agree. You know, the thing is, so I can, I'll tell you a quick story. One of my wife, uh, my wife and I, our first trip we took together, first night we get there early, go to World of Disney, find a puzzle we want for, for some of her family members. Don't buy it. Say, oh, we'll find it in the park. Don't find it in the park. Scrambling toward the end of the trip. I looked online, found out they only sold it two places, World of Disney and the Contemporary. So we have to get to Magic Kingdom, jump on a monorail. I mean, he, Pete's right. I mean, it, it cuts down on the stress level. You can find what you need in there. You don't have to scour the parks. And it's oftentimes, depending on the hours, less crowded than some of the areas. Because a lot of times people go into the park stores from re- for relief from the heat, for the AC. And they're just kind of standing there. Uh, so highly recommend on your Disney vacation to visit the World of Disney the Lego store and everything else that Disney Springs has to offer. Well, with that being said, everything else that Disney Springs has to offer, you know, if I'm going with my wife and these, these last two of mine are going to be kind of my wife centered here. 
Disney has a House of Blues at Disney Springs, and they also have the Edison Live Entertainment area. Um, the Edison Live Entertainment is actually a restaurant that turns into a nightclub um, late at night. And obviously, you have to be, I think, it's either 18 or 21 to enter. I'm pretty sure it's 21. But it's a great Gatsby-style nightclub where there's live performances that go on around you. I really just think about the Great Gatsby, and that's the way I've you know seen this advertised and seen this online. It looks like it'd be a lot of fun. You know, I'm not that big of a nightclub person, and I certainly would not be the person on the dance floor, you know, having the time of my, of my life there on the dance floor. But I'd enjoy the scenery. I'd enjoy watching and people watching, interacting with uh, my friends, and just enjoying that kind of atmosphere because that's something that it's hard to recreate and it's hard to find other places. And then, um, you know, I also think that House of Blues, if there's, you know, a good band coming in, um, guys, I think I saw either Sister Hazel or Blues Traveler is going to be there next month. That's the kind of thing, if I had, you know, a night open or I had a night where I kind of wanted to get out of the parks or, if you know, something like that, I don't want to make it a late night in the parks walking around, I could definitely be talked into going to the House of Blues, you know, checking out a live performance, having a few drinks, and then making my way back to the resort afterwards. You know, I've never really seen huge acts come to the House of Blues at Disney Springs, but I've seen a lot of um, acts that maybe were big a couple of years ago or they're up and comers, and I think that'd be a fun night. I've done House of Blues multiple times, mainly just to eat, especially like the little quick service area. There's usually live music there. It's a nice relaxing spot to sit and hang out. The Edison is, you know, relatively new at this point. I don't want to say it's brand new. And we kicked it around, you know, popping into the Edison on our last trip. Just time kind of got in the way. I ended up not doing that. I have seen videos. I've read reviews. Everything I've read is fantastic. And it makes sense uh, for, for your list, for sure. It's something that, that's outside of the parks that you can enjoy at Disney World. And it's, I understand it being an experience that you would make a priority. I don't think the food's very good at the Edison, though, is it? I don't think they serve food when I'd be going there, though. This would be more like the nightlife and just cocktails and that kind of thing. Yeah, so he, yeah, exactly. What you're, they actually move all the tables out and kind of make a dance floor. And I've heard mixed reviews on food. If we're if we're gonna talk about it, yeah, I'm not I'm not going for the food feed. I promise you that. Well, and there is a there is a ten dollar cover charge to get in to uh, to the not Edison that bad also. actually. Not really. I, I guess it depends on uh, how much you're paying for drinks once you get in there. I could easily be talking to going to Splitsville and Disney Springs as well because we had a lot of fun there a couple of years back. Me and some coworkers you know, doing the kind of mini bowling they have there. So my next Disney experience, and this does require park admission to do, and it also costs pretty significant amount of money, is uh, Disney's uh, Wild Africa Trek at Animal Kingdom. So this is kind of a behind-the-scenes backstage look at the animals at Animal Kingdom. About half of it is a walking tour you wear a harness, you walk over suspended bridges, and then the second half is you're you're in a open air jeep and uh and you drive through the uh drive through through the savanna, see the animals up close. You do stop for a uh for a little while and have kind of a snack. I think this is about a uh, a 3 hour tour. Where have you heard that before? Not on land. It it, it <laughs> it's a 3 hour tour, but it is on land. It is not uh not at sea. But uh and it, it costs about 200 I think it's between 200 and $250 a person, depending on when you go. Uh, and you do get annual pass holder discounts, all that kind of stuff. But I think this would be uh, an incredible experience. 
to really see these animals up close. You get a little bit of that on Kilimanjaro Safari, but but really getting up close, being able to take a lot more time to look at these animals, to, to see them interact with their environment. You know, and you pair this with staying at Animal Kingdom Lodge and you've got a hell of a trip. So I've seen people doing this when I've been at Disney World and I've been extremely jealous. There are other, I guess, add-ons that you can do you know, carrying for giants is one I believe where you get near the rhinos and the elephants. That there's other stuff you don't have to go all out. The one Pete's recommending, but I mean, this is a pine. This this is what the episode was intended for, right? A pie in the sky, something that you can do at Disney World. If and if this is, this would be incredible. I mean, if you see people doing it, you are going to be jealous when you just kind of drive past the animals and move out of there in Kilimanjaro versus the time they get to spend visiting and seeing the animals on the safaris. So. This is another one, Pete. It makes makes total sense for you to prioritize this in your top five. And Pete, I love this one mainly because one of my bucket list items for real life, not Disney, is to do an African safari. And this is probably the closest I'm going to get to an African safari until I retire. You know, that, that's kind of like a retirement bucket list. It's you know expensive trip to get over there and do one of these. But this is probably as close as I'm going to get. Yeah, this is probably the cheapest African safari. Or, or any safari you can do. That's that's definitely one way you can look at it if you're trying to justify the cost. Because it's going to be pretty legit. I mean, it's going to be pretty legit. I'll go on with my last one. Jelly Rolls Piano Bar at the Boardwalk. I know we hit on the Edison there and talked cover charge. I think the main complaint here is the is the cover charge. I mean, it's 15 bucks to get in per person. Of course, you have to be over 21 years of age. No requirement to purchase anything past that. It is dueling pianos. They do not just do Disney music. Uh, we I'd never been into our last trip. We popped in, and we're there a couple, you know, an hour and a half or so. I'll tell you that the performers are fantastic, as I've mentioned on previous podcasts. It's located at the Boardwalk, so there's a lot to do, especially if you go on like a Friday or Saturday night, other than just Jelly Rolls. And they play all kinds of music. Uh, I mean, it certainly was fun when they do like the – and they say it on the mic, hey, listen, you're at Disney World. We're Disney cast members. We're going to – we're going to play some Disney music now. And, you know, some people were really into that, and I would think most people are if you're at Disney. And then some people, especially this the weekend we went with the race being there, you know, kind of decided to chat and get up and maybe get a drink, go to the bathroom. But the atmosphere is fun. We didn't have an issue. You kind of walk right in. There's standing room if you can't find a table, but there's seats scattered throughout the entire thing. I can almost guarantee you could sit closer to the bar because that's further away from the action. And this is something that my wife and I, have talked about this. We're going to do this on our next trip, uh, and spend a you know spend a few a few hours in there, maybe one evening. And like I said, it's fifteen dollar cover charge. You don't have to buy a drink, but if you do, we felt like in Disney World, especially the drinks were reasonably priced. Yeah, I had a great time at Jelly Rolls. I think I've said before I lost my voice from singing along with the uh, with the music. So the piano players are great, and it really is a great environment. The fifteen dollar cover charge, I think, may have been justified compared to how much you're paying for drinks anywhere else at Disney World. Yeah, I agree totally. So the last one that I have here, and it kind of just all encompasses Fort Wilderness. Um, I didn't realize this until um, doing some research here. I knew there were a lot of things to do at Fort Wilderness, but I did not know that Cinderella's White Ponies are actually housed at Fort Wilderness, and you can act, you can go to the stable where they are, and you can kind of semi-interact with them. You can watch them go through their day-to-day activities and you know sometimes you can actually touch them and you know pet them or whatever so my wife would really enjoy that um, you can actually do horseback riding tours of fort wilderness 
Um, that would be pretty cool to, you know, see Fort Wilderness on horseback. Um, I like segways. You can get on a segway tour of Fort Wilderness. There's just a lot to do there. And this is one of the areas of Walt Disney World that I just really haven't explored. So I think getting to Fort Wilderness and doing a lot of the things they have there um, would be a lot of fun. I mean, another thing they have there is um, Chip and Dale's, um, I think it's their fire sing-along, you know. So it's just a cool place and you can get out there and really experience some things off the beaten track. Teach a zone. I like I like Wilderness Lodge. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I kind of figured that, but it's just a lot, of, you know, I never looked at Fort Wilderness as much as I looked at it, you know, today when I was looking at doing the horseback riding and then I saw everything else that's there. I was actually pretty impressed. I really enjoy Wilderness Lodge. It's kind of in this, you know, you've got river country between the two, but so it's kind of in the same area, kind of in the same vein, I guess. You know, Fort Wilderness, I have no intention of ever going to Disney and camping. And and yeah, I mean, it'd be cool to hang, go hang out there. But uh, yeah. It's not some place, it's not a place you'd spend in a, you know, half a day or something like that at this point in your I life. I don't think so. Yeah. I'll agree with you, with you, Pete. I mean, that's why we all did our, our, our own list, because I think we've all had something with the other guy or, or other guys are like, eh, for you. But that, that's what we want to bring to our listeners. We want to bring diversity because, you know, what, what we like doesn't mean you're going to like it. So now we have 15 different things uh, after Pete finishes his last one. You know, honorable mention, I think you could go explore river country, right? Yeah, not sure. Uh, you know, let us know how that goes for you. Yeah, if you're allowed. I don't think you're going to get by security, my man. You could. So the last thing that I've got on my list is to go to Bibbidi Bobbidi Boutique with my daughter. I've already looked into this. It's going to cost me 450 bucks. I've already accepted that. It's just part of my life now. But but this is a really fun experience, and it's not just for girls. They do have a a prince makeover as well. But so Pete will be doing it too. I'll be doing it too. Probably not. You take your daughter in. They get a dress. They get a tiara. They get their their nails done. Their hair styled. You know they they just get to be made up like a princess. This is incredible for for young girls. Right, I mean, this is what young girls young girls want to go to Disney World and be a princess. Pete's daughter is is going to be a princess. You can already tell by the room decoration uh, that she is Disney princess out. One thing that my wife was talking to Pete about this past weekend actually was that you don't have to, you know, you can bring your own dress if you want to and save some money there because it is an expensive experience. But I, if I had a daughter, I the same thing. I mean, it would be no questions asked as long as it was something she was interested in. You know, it's something we would do. And I can't imagine many little girls not wanting to do it at least once. It's not just for little girls, but the princess makeover certainly is, uh, that that's what it's geared towards. And there are other areas you can get this done. There's there's two Bibbidi-Bobbidi Boutique locations. One right across from Cinderella's Royal Table at Magic Kingdom. The other's at Disney Springs. But you can also get this done at... Uh, the Pirate League in Adventureland. You can get this done at the Barber Shop on Main Street, and I think there's one more at the Grand Floridian, maybe that that they'll they'll do this for your. Uh... And isn't there one at Disney? Did you say Disney Springs already? Yeah, there's a there's okay. a Bibbidi Bobbidi Boutique location at Disney Springs also, but I don't think the others really offer the same experience as Bibbidi Bobbidi Boutique. Right. Well, I mean, which is limited to three to twelve. You so you've got a limited window a, to get your daughter in there. You can't beat being a Magic Kingdom. So I, it's I, I can't argue with this one at all, and that's why we saved it for last because it's it's probably the best one if you have a, a daughter out there. That's all we got. 
love to hear from you guys what you uh, what you like to do outside of the parks. I guess these aren't all outside of the parks, but what extras you like to add to your Disney World experience to you know, really make them memorable? Hit us up on Twitter, email, call Matt on his cell phone if you've got his number now. Yeah, Pete's been um, strategically passing my number out to our biggest patrons, so um, hit me up. All right. Well, if nothing else, let's move on to the trivia question in secret for this week. What have we got, Tom? So for the secret of the night, many of us have done Mickey's Philhar Magic. Matt would tell you it's a top five attraction at Disney World, probably. I know it's one of his top favorites. Five. <laughs> top five. But during Philhar Magic, at the end, Donald uh, ends up stuck in the wall. I don't, I don't want to explain how in case you have not done it. And while you're in the theater, if you look behind you, you can see his tail feathers and rear end in the theater. Uh, which is always kind of the last laugh. It's really funny. Well, what people, a lot of people don't know is if you walk through the shop at the exit, look up and you'll see the rest of Donald. Uh, most people think that that's the last vision they're going to get of Donald. This is something I did not know for the longest time. But if you do go in the, the shop at the exit, uh, you look up and you can see the rest of Donald and what happened to him and why he was stuck in a wall and how he looks. Going to the trivia question from last week and then trivia question of this week. Trivia question of last week was what attraction at Walt Disney World has a picture of Walt Disney himself hanging in one of the rooms? The attraction, of course, would have to be something where there are multiple rooms and maybe a little bit dated. If you guessed Carousel Progress, you are correct. Uh, There is a picture of Walt Disney World hanging in the attraction Carousel Progress, and that seems quite fitting for me because he had such a influence in the finished product that you see at Disney World today. Going to the trivia question of this week, uh, again, you can tweet us at podcast or email us at mendowdw at gmail.com with your answers. Uh, the trivia question is, Cinderella's horse is supposedly located on the inner ring of Prince Charming's regal carousel. However, how do you know? What signifies that it's her horse? So if you were to race on to the carousel, go into the inner ring, how would you find Cinderella's horse? What is there to signify that? Again, you can tweet us at men do WDW podcast or email us at men do WDW at gmail.com with your guesses, and we will share the answer on our next podcast. All right. Well, anything else for this week, guys? No, this is a lot of fun. I'm glad we did this. That's it for me. Okay, well, that's all we have for this week. Please tune in next week for some more Disney magic. Look for us on the Twitter at men do WDW podcast. If you have any suggestions, questions, comments, please tweet us or email us at mendowdw at gmail.com. If you enjoyed the podcast, please subscribe and leave us a review. It really does help us out. Thank you so much for listening and giving us the most valuable thing you have, your time. We'll see you next week.